<laughs> I can't believe you withheld that from me this whole time. <laughs> it's like, I need something. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. How, when did you, how did you see that? How did you catch that? Wake up to a new morning. Pop in a little nostalgia. Just be kind and listen to the rewind. So, Jonah, did you see any of the screams in the theaters? I know you're a small child at the very beginning of all this. No, I I didn't see any of the screams in theaters. I uh, I probably didn't see them in the same year even that they came out. Uh, because, you know, when you're a kid, like in the 90s, and you rely on like VHS, yeah. <laughs> like to watch those kind of things, like it was just like, I saw it, I think probably at some point, like, in the subsequent years of their release. But um, I think Screen 4 in tw- that came out in 2011 was the only one that I saw that was within the same year that it came out. And I bought that. I remember buying that DVD at a Black Friday sale at Best Buy. And I was so <laughs> excited because I never, <laughs> I, I never got, I never got like, to get in on like the movie deals like that before of like movies that had just come out and that one had come out that year. And you know, it was typically like 25 bucks or whatever. And I got it for like 10 or under or something. I I was like, man, you can have told me anything. I was like, yes, I just got a deal. And you know, it was funny because Scream at that point, it's like, it's made a resurgence in the past um decade like in the past particularly in the past few years since there were rumblings of um this current screen that's just come out that they were making that and and so now it's super like fetch and popular again like it was when it first came out back in the 90s uh so i think that's funny but for a while scream was kind of like a joke you know what i mean like i feel like even in 2011 when scream 4 came out it wasn't like peak popular the way it is now um and you know that's unfortunate because i thought that's i thought screen four was really great i thought it was really well done yeah what about you did you see any in theaters i did not we were a big movie rental family so i i'm sure that we rented the first two and that's how i saw it like when it finally hit vhs or dvd or whatever we were renting at the time Mm -hmm. and uh I maybe on TV, possibly on an HBO situation. I don't remember seeing four. As I said yesterday, it was either super predictable or I saw it once and just don't remember seeing it. Because there were many scenes where it's like, I think this is going to happen. And then it happened. It was like, have I seen this? I don't know. Nonetheless, it was enjoyable. And yeah, I like scary movies but i haven't seen any like modern scary movies so like the the screens and the i know what you did last summers of those days of my youth are probably the last rounds of horror movies that i was like oh i gotta see this like i remember seeing jeepers creepers in the theater the first one i've not seen any of the other no i've not seen any (laughs) in the theater except for this one that we saw yesterday yeah, that was that was cool. It was the first screen movie that I saw in theaters, and it was a treat. It was a treat. I I love a good classic slasher film anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, and that one was a treat. So, yeah. <clears throat> I think I think the one thing that I will always know that I missed out on, and it is of course 
a COVID situation is like not being in a theater full of people all being equally like frightened on the at the same jump scares mm-hmm. like you don't get that and we probably won't have that experience anymore um or at least for a while at least for a while yeah because yesterday we were in the theater and there was only like maybe a couple of other people in there besides us like a maybe a few kind of spread out here or there there weren't yeah, a lot yeah. at all and um and I, there was a one point where there were things that we thought were funny in the movie that we would laugh out loud at. And yes. we were the only ones laughing out loud. And we were kind of salty at no one else was laughing with us. And then there was another scene that they did laugh at that we didn't. And we were like, oh, you laugh at that, but you don't laugh at <laughs> So it was just kind of funny to see like what, how differently people react, you know, compared to like if the whole theater was filled and um everybody responded at the same time I feel like that feeds the audience a little bit more if you get like if there's like a handful of these people that are responding this way then you all you kind of like lean into that a little bit I I definitely think there's like a little bit of influence that happens in a larger audience like that it doesn't happen in those sporadic like couple people here a couple people there one random person over there you know it really makes me know that I took for granted the uh my whole situation with um oh my god the the Avengers, like the one where everyone comes back. I don't know all the subtitles. <laughs> when the portals the, open. The, the scene, Avengers Endgame? We yes, Endgame. We were watching it so late. Like it was almost midnight and I was asleep <laughs> in the, in the yeah, I can't. So like, <laughs> I told you I missed Natasha dying. And then I woke up because people were cheering and like excited. And so I even missed the whole Oh my God. <laughs> so the two like, like woke you up. What's going on? Oh and I was like, everyone's yeah. back. I missed out on that, and that's the, that was the last one of those before the pandemic. Blessed. Ugh. It feels like it was a million years ago. It does seem like so long ago. Oh God. Well, so, I guess we can start off by by telling everybody a little bit about like some of the film stats so far um, yeah. about the movie. And oh, by the way, I'm Jonah. And I'm Ken. <laughs> and this is the Rewind Podcast. <laughs> um, thank you for tuning in, those of you on Insta and in the future people who will be tuning into the episode when we drop it later. So we can share now with uh, everybody some film stats and then just sort of a general synopsis of the, the plot. We won't go into any spoilers until we exit from IG and, and dive, dive deep into the, the actual episode. So um, no worries, you guys out there who haven't seen it yet, because we, we hate spoilers. We don't want to be, you know, those people. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So... The film was released, of course, January 14th. Uh, director is Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette. I don't think I know those names. I neither do I, but I'm, I'm I don't know. I don't know. involved in any of the previous. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm horrible with like directors and producers. I'm trying to do better. Music by Brian Tyler. They had a budget of $24 million on this film. Um, yeah, and it was produced by William Chirac, James Vanderbilt, Paul Nine 
Einstein. Um, hit him with some of those ratings, Keenan. Okay, so how's the film doing so far in theaters? So on IMDb, it's a seven point four out of ten. 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Media Critic, 89% on Google, and the current box office, please double check this because it feels really high, right? Uh, $13,350,000,000. That's uh, I don't think that's billion. I think it's million, right? It is. <laughs> okay. I don't know my numbers. So $13,350,000. Uh, I, <laughs> inflating the numbers over here <laughs> they did so well so well oh my god but it is important to note that they slayed spider-man right out of the box office um so screams opening weekend took the top spot from spider-man so that's pretty impressive you can if you can snatch the spotlight from a marvel film that's already broken records upon so- its release I pulled That's that awesome. I pulled that number from IMDb. Wikipedia has 30.6 million. That feels like it's probably more accurate because I'm wondering if the initial number you pulled was like from an earlier article or earlier um Well, that was also US and Canada only. Okay. US and Canada only. It's not broken up. Okay, I see. So worldwide, it's 30 million. Yeah, the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes is 75%. The audience score is 85%. So I always think the audience score, I always look at that and give that more weight because I feel like that's like people like you and me. I'm assuming that IMDb only has the U.S. numbers because it says gross U.S. and Canada is the 13,350,000. And then it says gross worldwide and it has the same number. Okay, well, anyway, they've made a lot of money. And they've 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 beaten (laughs) Spider-Man. So um, pretty impressive. Cool. So we'll just give you like a general synopsis. Um, And this is pulled from Screen Rant, but it's like, I mean, it's a very general synopsis that I think you'll probably find on all of the, you know, screen, like all the pages or whatever, all the articles. But um, so this movie finds us 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro. A new killer has donned the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Why are they still making that damn costume? Somebody tell me. I don't understand why they're still making that costume. Like why can the killer get their hands on it so easily? No, I mean, you know, they say it in the very first movie. Oh, you can get this at any five and dime. But I'm like, after the costume has inspired two killing sprees, maybe you pull it from the shelf. Maybe. You're like, you know what? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem. But also, I feel like, don't we think that's how it would go down anyway? Like, we think it would go down like that in real life because, you know, they're out to make money. And no matter how grisly and horrific it is it's the same reason why like you know true horror horror movies based off of um true stories are you know made and that kind of thing and people go and spend money to watch them you know so um so this film uh we see nev campbell 
who plays Sydney Prescott, Courtney Cox, who plays Gail Weathers, and David Arquette, who plays Dewey Riley, return to their iconic roles alongside Melissa Barrera, Kyle Gallner, Gallner, Mason Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son, uh, Mikey Madison, Dylan Manette, uh, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, uh, Dennis Quaid's son, <laughs> Marley Shelton, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and Sonia Amar. Um, it's a really it's, amazingly diverse cast. Yes, it's very diverse. All representations, it seemed. Yes. And it was really good acting, honestly. Like, even yes, the yes. young the young actors were like, I mean, it was the casting. Yes. Whoever, they need to submit the casting director for an award because the casting was on point in this film. Like, Agreed. Agreed. I, I would have to say, aside from the first scream and then scream four, like the casting in this one. I feel like those three films from the franchise, the casting was like was really, really solid. Yeah, um, yes. what do you like what do you think? Do you agree or do you think like I fully agree. And so for those of you who are watching um Yellow Jackets, we see uh Jasmine Savoy Brown, who is uh I call her she's young Thai in Yellow Jackets and she's my favorite character Young Ty and, and Adult Sean are my two favorite characters and so when I clocked her in this movie it was really exciting because she also brought some queer representation to the movie which mm-hmm. was fabulous and then like them partnering her with Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son as like twins yeah that was that was really good um yeah. they were a great pair and they uh and also jenna ortega who plays like this film's version of casey the opening scene victim or whatever um in all the previews yeah and all the previews uh, she also starred in netflix's you uh on like season two of you and she was the little sister of the reporter who was also Joe's neighbor. So for those of you who are you fans, so you would recognize her from, from there. And she was really great in that show too. I've always thought she was so adorable. Um, and she's really good in this film as well. Um, and that's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to give away any more. And just for those uh, those of you, welcome to the Dollhouse fans. We do get a little bit of uh, Heather Matarazzo. She gives us a little cameo, Randy's sister, uh, and uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. I should probably learn his Mason Gooding uh, play her kids, mm-hmm. which was it was just cute. Yeah, cute. I will say, without spoiling anything, that. I think this film does such a great job of sort of laying a new foundation or a new path, like revitalizing the franchise um, that also honors the legacy story and the legacy characters. Um, And there's even a mention and I don't think this is giving anything away, but there's really there's also a mention in the film that sort of like uh, is like a like a meta reference to like how you would define this type of film, and it's called a requel. Um, so not like a reboot, not a not a sequel, but maybe a little bit of both. Um, so if you want to, 
I'm sure that's like a real thing, right? I, it was the first time I'd ever heard that, but it, it has yeah, to be yeah. like a thing that exists in the, you know. I'm, I'm trying to Google it and Raquel Welch. <laughs> <laughs> the auto, um, but yeah, as of two days ago, this uh, post goes up. It says, Requel is the new slang for movie and a franchise that both con- uh, continues the story, but also revisits familiar tropes so that uh so wow trope so much so that it is much a remake as it is a continuation of the story and it says blame jj abrams blockbuster hit star wars the force awakens uh-huh. for this newish trend in sequel making uh-huh. yeah. yeah there's a lot like they even list some of those in the film like when you know they go through the whole bit of like you're talking about movie rules or whatever, because you know that's gonna exist in every every screen yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, there's always one character who's like laying out all the 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 rules, and mm-hmm. you know they even list some of those, uh, reference some of those. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Those are like requels, you know, and yeah, we've been yeah. seeing them for much longer than they probably even had a like a defined name to describe them. But um, it's really cool. I I thought that it was. Uh, a really neat uh, term and pretty accurate too for what we've been watching in cinema for years now and, and as well as this particular film. Yeah, the movie has a really awesome little commentary on uh, fandom and what constitutes it. Um, and I just hope that it doesn't go over a lot of people's head. Mm-hmm. It's all subjective as someone in the podcast I listen to says. Like you love, you can love what you love, and you don't have to yuck anyone's yum. Right, and you know everybody has an opinion. Like some people, like while we really like the film, some people may watch it who are screen fans who don't, you know, for whatever reason, and that's fine too. I mean, art is, you know, all relative and subjective, and depends on you know how the person perceives it, and you know that's kind of the the great thing about it. You know, we can all derive our own. Um, opinions and views based on the art that we consume and um, you know like it or don't like it but uh, definitely see it if you're a Scream fan you should definitely watch it Um, and uh, and then tune into our episode that will drop in February um, to kind of rewind it with us and and hear like um our breakdown and and our breakdown all the spoilers and maybe even some predictions of how they will continue this story and what's going to happen uh there's i think there's a lot on the table and it does if you also go to our socials i don't have you posted that video our predictions video here so Keena yesterday right before we went in to watch the film we shot a little video of us going through like our you know theories for what this the new screen movie might hold uh in terms of plots and who the killer is and that kind of thing um i know that we've posted the video in full on youtube right yeah and i've posted part one on our tiktok which is at the rewind pod one if you want to give us a follow on tiktok uh and i'll be posting the second part of that today and so we would love to hear your theories uh again please don't don't 
put any spoilers on there. I've already had to delete one comment. <laughs> so like, I will delete you in a heartbeat if you drop a very oddly specific guess that is a spoiler. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, we also want just to be courteous to all the other fans and, you know, let everyone have an opportunity to not only like go through the ride to get to that answer but not just not have the answer spoiled and then it may just ruin the whole experience for you so yeah i want to do that yeah no we'll be respectful yeah so you can also find that video on our twitter um we're very accessible and you'll be able to find things all over the place that's mm-hmm. what we do Yes. All right. Well, cool. So we are going to hop off of IG Live. Thank you for those of you who sat through this and listened to us ramble a little bit (laughs) and talk about Scream and just our brief history with the franchise. Um, We hope that you follow us on all the things and subscribe to us on however you listen to podcasts. Uh, We're all over the place. You go to the link in our bio. It'll take you to where you can find us in all the places and also has links to our other social accounts so um thanks everybody yeah thank you it's been fun we will uh see you on the flip side so now that we have gone over all of the uh the intro stuff we talked about the numbers and the statistics and the basic plot we're going to go into a little bit um, of discussion about the movie and some spoilers. And uh, yeah. So, Jonah, tell me, what was your favorite moment in the movie? Oh, Keenan, that's such a loaded question. How would you ask me that? <laughs> uh, because I need time to think. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so wrong. Um, I think a standout moment when I think of like favorite moments or moments that really captured me um I would have to say the opening scene which I feel like is just Mm. so on the nose but like um I have to say like that's so well done and executed um Jenna Ortega does such a good job throughout this film but particularly that scene you just know she's a goner but she fights for her life so many times and that honestly that and like even the scene in the hospital later Mm -hmm. are my reasons why Tara is my standout character it's like Tara and Dewey really were just like my heart's during this movie mm-hmm. and and she was on and off my list for a while I was like is she the killer and then I was like okay her sister okay her sister left her she is pissed like she left her with their trifling ass mom too so like I can you know people have gone off for less than that in this this uh in the screen verse mm-hmm. so she was she was definitely my favorite character my favorite moment is a little bit more basic because it was um, Nev Campbell delivering that iconic line of I'm Sydney Prescott of course I have a gun it's like, no she's Sydney fucking, fucking Prescott. Prescott of course I have a gun Ugh, it was just mm-hmm. like Whoa! 
I think okay. I let out a, a sound in the theater that no one else <laughs> Was it that sound that you just made? Probably, I know I did yell iconic at some point. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what I want to say. And I was thinking about it yesterday as I was watching the film. And it just, it was just like one of those things I realized in a moment. Because I always feel, every time I see Nev come on screen in these movies, in the screen movies, I always feel a certain sort of like security and comfort. Um, She has a way of uh, like awning the the scene and sort of I don't know how to put it into words quite quite perfectly but she always captures me and brings me in but it seems very effortless like she's not it's not even that that Sydney Prescott is a super dynamic character I mean she's she's badass of course but like Nev is just really convincing as a survivor and there's a certain like uh, natural energy that she brings that in these films you know these films can get super campy sometimes and they can get really over the top and you sometimes can be taken out of the world by certain things like the fact that there's always a party that's thrown by a bunch of kids in the middle of a murder spree. I'm like, that's so oh, unrealistic. Murder that spree. is so unrealistic. Like, or like <laughs> leaving your kids at the house, like, hey, I know there's a killer out right now that is currently targeting like people from my past and our mm-hmm. kids, but I'm gonna leave you here to shower while I go pick right. up some sushi. No parents anywhere. No parents anywhere. Marie like, would have been like, get in the car. The same Mom, handful of adults. Get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So like those moments where you're like, okay, that's so unrealistic. But like when you see Nev come into the scene, it's like she makes it very realistic. She's um, she's just that kind of actress, I think, that kind of presence on screen. Um, you know, I feel like Gail is a very larger than life character. And I feel like Dewey is sort of a like cartoonish kind of character but nev is really the anchor of realism i guess or reality however you want to um you know describe it but do you know does that make any sense at all i feel like i just like said a bunch of words (laughs) i take as i as i have i did of course I, i i watched a recap video on three but i watched one two recap video on three and then four and it is really like a master class in uh, learning to to grow into a role because we see Nev mm-hmm. Campbell become a better actress mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout these things. And I'm going to be honest, I can't even think of another thing that I would know her from. The craft. She was in the craft. She was the craft. Also, she was the forgettable things. one. <laughs> she was never get a wool one in the craft. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The craft. She was in Wild Things with um what's her name? Who was married to Charlie Sheen? Denise Richards. Oh, Wild Things. That I, I, that's that's one of those things that you probably don't 
want to put on the resume. I don't mm. remember Wild Things as being a, a, you know, it was just seeing about Matt Dillon's penis in the shower scene. That's all I got. They show me. his penis in the shower scene? Yeah, like there's a scene when he's coming out of a steamy shower and it's a full frontal. I do not remember this. Excuse me while I <laughs> run to the restroom real quick. I suddenly have to pee. <laughs> yeah, go check that out. It was a good scene. He even made comments. Like I saw an interview about it at one point and he was like, yeah, no, I refuse for that water to be cold. <laughs> if I was That's so funny. That's so yeah. funny. Um, but she, I think she becomes a better actress. And even while I was watching for her, I was like, oh, she's gotten so much better. And that was just in 2011. So this, unless you're in like a, a Marvel franchise, m- many people don't have the opportunity to revisit a role that many times and mm-hmm. continue to grow this character on how you feel their life has gone in between each movie. And you know, she's like in, in her like daily routine. She's like, what is Sydney Prescott doing right now? I just feel like, Sydney Prescott is always going to be in the back of her mind. So Um, she's really gotten to grow this character over the course of 25 years. Yeah, she really embodies that role. Um, And I think that's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say is that she, there's a certain maturity that she possesses in that role now compared to originally. And, and it makes it very realistic and it, it enhances the experience of watching that super over the top story play out you know what I mean it, I feel like it grounds the story you know essentially like her character her presence like grounds yeah. the story and you it's never, not something that a lot of actors can pull off right like it's like you can't recast Sydney Prescott like Nev Campbell is Sydney Prescott Sydney Prescott is Nev Campbell like it's you know, Tori Spelling cannot do Sydney Prescott justice mm-hmm. <laughs> as, you know, she played her in the stab movie. Right. I'm like, okay. that's, that's so, did she really play, did, did Tori play uh, Sydney yes, Prescott? And it's a, and it's a joke because in the first movie, Sydney goes like, God, my luck, they'll get someone like Tori Spelling to play me. So it's that's a, it's a so full joke. <laughs> funny. Yes. I love how that, the, the film makes fun of itself repeatedly. Yes. And that's what I love about it because it knows what it is and it leans into it without trying to be too serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I love it. So let's talk about, let's go through, uh, talk about a few things, maybe. Um, what are some... <sighs> I don't want to get to the the death that we're all that is just devastating just yet i want to mm-hmm. kind of wait for that but i do want to talk about um damn it i had this in my mind the fact and, that and let's we, let's just remind everybody that if you're if you're listening right now and you haven't seen the movie and you don't want it to be spoiled for you stop right now go watch the movie and then come back and listen to us yes. because we will be talking about the film in detail as if assuming that everyone listening has already watched it. So um, what I love is that we kind of learn very close 
to the top that Sam is um, Billy Loomis's daughter. Like, it's not like it's a secret that we, it's not like a CW secret that's held on to for five episodes before the truth comes out, you know, like mm-hmm. she's pretty upfront about it when she's telling people the things. She's like, okay, so here's the deal on Billy Loomis's daughter. And I think that's mm-hmm. why my sister was targeted. Um, but they do it in an interesting way because they, they don't even spill it to you right out. They, they leave a, they, they introduce a clue that kind of leads you to speculate and and maybe come to that conclusion and that is first they show her having like seeing his mm-hmm. presence in like the mirror or whatever she's she's seeing these um um yeah, she's hallucinations taking, yeah. she's and she's actually talking to him yeah. yeah she's taking antipsychotics and she's seeing like his presence like murdered like you see the blood the the wounds on his um his chest and his torso and he's bloodied and everyone's he orich came back for a check and between like stage makeup and and movie magic Mm -hmm. he was younger ish (laughs) yeah uh was supposed to be like fresh dead billy loomis ghost Mm -hmm. uh i'm not gonna lie daddy Skeet Ulrich I get to see on Riverdale because that show is a guilty pleasure of mine and yes adult Skeet Ulrich still does it for me mm-hmm. I still get it let me tell you he has he, no one pulls off that boy the way that Skeet Ulrich does mm-hmm. like I remember Skeet had a law and order show he was helming a law and order show back in the early uh early to mid no it was probably like 2000 between 2008 and 2010 maybe um that only lasted maybe one season and he played a detective um like a Chris Maloney type maybe mm-hmm. um and it was a really it was a really good law and order uh but he it didn't last past the season and I a part of me kind of feels like it's because we like we prefer to see bad boy, boy skeet you know well, like so like he has kind of slightly changed his ways on Riverdale so he's like the sheriff now oh. so every now and then we'll get to see him in a uniform and I'm like be still my heart skeet mm-hmm. skeet skeet still. skeet god damn <laughs> yeah. sorry I can't help myself oh <laughs> <laughs> um, um so, but yeah, I, I do love that they roll it out. They give it to us early and she's very upfront with people about it. Like, she's just like, I have a secret. You know, she's not doing that, which well, I love. she's like, at first she's not, you know, advertising it. But then when things start to escalate, she recognizes, okay, I need to tell people because people are dying. <laughs> <Left and right. Yeah. laughs> My yeah. sister's in, you know, in harm's way and she you know it it's interesting to me like the dynamic between she and the sister played by jenna ortega uh tara who like they have it's it's you're made to believe that they have like uh an estranged relationship but it doesn't really feel estranged it just feels like she up and left you know what i mean like so I don't know it that to me at first felt a little like bumpy like laying that out but then whenever the full 
you know, story is told and that she stumbles upon these diaries and finds out that her mom um, had an affair with Billy Loomis in high school and she got pregnant with her and all of that. Like, then you're like, okay, I, I can get on board with that. So next we have little uh, Wes and, and Mama Judy, who is now Sheriff Judy. I guess we're led to understand that. So when Sam and Richie get back to Woodsboro and they're trying to figure out how to deal with this, they end up going to Dewey because they're like, we're going to talk to someone who's dealt with this before. Mm-hmm. They go to Dewey. We get a flash of Dewey in a trailer. So, you know, when we last left Dewey, he was still in a relationship with Gail. And mm-hmm. at some, we're led to believe at this point, okay, there was some kind of separation. And as you're doing this, like, long pan of him going from, like, the kitchen's very <laughs> disgusting kitchen uh, to the living room, you just see liquor bottles everywhere. I'm like, oh, God, what has happened? But he's sitting down watching Gail on the morning news and he looks genuinely happy. Yeah, he's very, he's watching her very fondly to the point that I was like, wait, are are they still together? And is like right. Gail living in a, a trailer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I was like, wait, I need to know what happened between them, which they do, you know, eventually say like she goes to New York and he couldn't cut it there because he's so tied to Woodsboro. Um, and he left. So my assumption is that him having that separation from Gail, um, he just started drinking. It broke him. Like, and also he, he was, they. he talks about how they like booted him out of the sheriff's department. Well, I believe that was, I believe that was because of the drinking. Oh, you think? Yes. That's, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I, like, I, I think the depression came, he started drinking, and he was drinking to the point where they're like, you're gonna retire now. That makes sense. I, I, I kind of thought of it as like he was unable to do the job anymore because of all of the trauma to his body. He had been stabbed nine times at that point, and he had a lot of nerve damage and just was physically disabled. He had a limp and just wasn't able to perform the job fully and so then maybe he started drinking and that made him bitter and then gail got her come up and left and then it all just fell apart that's i think it's it's all hand in hand i guess but like you know i i think that makes sense that you know she he and he says that he tried to make a go of it in new york with her it's not like she just left him behind to go be a big famous morning show host she like they went together to new york and he just couldn't hack it and so yeah you know. so the movie essentially said all you sexist assholes she didn't leave him for a better life he went with her and left her because he couldn't make it <laughs> he mm. couldn't make it it mm-hmm. was his fault he left he left and so i think this my thought was he went back to the forest he got his job back he was still just devastated like he knows he fucked up he doesn't have Gail in his life. He's depressed. He's drinking. He's like fucking up on things at the job to the point where his body's beaten down. You know. Well, I don't. I don't think that. I don't. I really don't think that would have been an issue. Like he could have. He could have been working at a desk as a sheriff. You know. Like he didn't. You don't have think to be- though that like after your body going through that kind of trauma so many times for so many years, like 
that there's going to be some leftover like like pain issues like painkiller addiction or like you know drinking to numb the physical pain you know as well as the emotional pain I'm like I have a hard time believing that 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 kind of trauma to your body doesn't like stay with you long term you know what I mean I, I believe it was the drinking. I don't can, think it can was just for a head cannon. We say that's also part of the reason. <laughs> no, just let me was, have this. Pure depression. No, that was an ableist comment. <laughs> no, he. It was drinking. I think I do believe that it was just drinking. I don't think he needed to be an, on active duty to be a sheriff. Okay, well, you go honest. get stabbed nine times, and we'll see how well you. I am not Deputy Dewey, or Sheriff Dewey. I bet it would be harder, like harder for you to sit at a desk in front of a computer for eight hours a day if you've had like nine stab wounds in your body. <clears throat> uh, 50 Cent was shot like a bunch of times. And Get the fuck out. Like, what? He was shot like nine times or something like that. No. Anyway. <laughs> I there's a moment uh, when Gail returns to Woodsboro after Dewey texts her and tells her another killing spree has started and uh, she comes and she meets him outside of the where where is it a bit she ends up meeting him outside of like the crime scene. oh yeah that's right it's the crime scene at the uh the sheriff's house, Sheriff yeah, uh, Judy. Right Judy died. Sidebar, she gets gutted in her front yard. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and her was... son. Like, I thought maybe he would live because the knife was so like, it was the way when he, when they, when Ghostface pierced the, the neck with the knife, it was not fully right in the middle of the neck. It was just sort of like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, as long as he nicked a maze, if he nicked something that was important, which those things are all over your body. <laughs> so if he nicked something, because mm-hmm. if he cut, like, you know, when people like they're slitting the throat, he probably nicked whatever artery is cut whenever you slit someone's throat and it mm, just starts yeah. bleeding out. So he yeah. probably just hit like a major thoroughfare and Fair. the blood. Yeah. So after that scene. After that scene, and, and um, Gail returns to Woodsboro, and she she um, comes up to Dewey, and they're talking. There's a very emotional moment that we don't see from Gail in the previous movies, really, before where she truly comes out of concern. Um, she doesn't come out of just to you know cover a story. She comes because of her concern and her love for Dewey. <laughs> And you know the fact that there are that this saga is continuing with the death of more innocent people, and um, they're talking, and that's when it's revealed that you know they tried to make a go of it in New York City, and he couldn't hack it, so he returned and left her. And there's like Courtney Cox, there's a tear, a very like a thick tear, like that. And I'm like, yes, Courtney, like. It was very emotional. Going on, I was like, "Oh, not that solid." The Oscar there. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I feel like a little part of me was like, because you know they were married in real life and Mm -hmm. they share a child in real life, and so and then they split up. So a part of me was like, 
is a little smidge of that real is a little smidge of that like courtney courtney and david like tapping into their real lives here together and like the like the grief of them i'm sure probably not at this point because it's been so long since they were together but in my head i'm just like oh that's them tapping into their real feelings and you know why things didn't work out between their they're in their real lives and it may it enriched that moment that scene a little bit more for me i think so after this we get another great scene with tara um tara's back at i don't remember the name of the hospital we do get a sign but i know on my uh instagram stories the other day i was calling it woodsboro woodsboro memorial hospital (laughs) (laughs) because there's always a memorial hospital right right or a general and i didn't i just i was like I said was for a memorial in the process. But anyways, like, where is the staff to this hospital? We saw one lone security guard. Poor poor yeah. man got murdered. He got got. But I was like, there are no nurses. No. no like, nobody. Nowhere. This poor it's girl like was just stabbed. But what's wild is that the one, like, the the one guy that was watching her door left because the the sheriff was murdered and i'm like you all realize it's the same guy somebody needs to be there and traditionally it's two people so you should really always be there right and in screen four ghostface took out two cops mind you like so really there should probably be more than two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right especially More since than there are usual since the, uh there's oftentimes multiple ghost face in these films so they he should always out, he took out two cops in two as well and it was the best detectives in that little mm. college town yeah yeah i that whole scene was like it was intense but it was also like what the fuck like where is everyone did they run out of funding for the movie like and they couldn't pay to get like extras to like be staff you know i'm gonna go ahead and and claim covid like i'm sure there were some covid (laughs) restrictions but any other time we've been in that damn hospital has been equally dead so (laughs) i'm like no pun intended. <laughs> eh, a little pun intended. <laughs> it's a little bit of a pun. So this is such an intense scene because every time you watch one of these movies, you're like, why are you standing somewhere where your back is exposed? Uh, like, why are you not doing whatever you can to call 911? How did you, you like, when Tara got out of that bed, she left her phone. She said her little words were like, fuck this. <laughs> and she like, <laughs> she didn't just sit in bed waiting for the killer to show up. She got out of her bed with a broken leg, mind you. A broken leg. And she, and she played it. She played it well. Like, you know, because yeah. she gets into like, went very win- wincingly into the chair, mm-hmm. wincing with pain. And she's trying to like will herself out, but she's so small and she has these injuries and her her hands become bloody. He in the opening kill, which she didn't get she she didn't Mm -hmm. die. Right. She gets fully stabbed through the hand. Like as the the knife is coming down. Right. As the knife is coming down, she puts (laughs) her hand up and it goes through her hand. Uh So she so like that physical pain from a knife just going through oh your hand God. and you're trying to wheel a wheelchair for your life. Oh my God. Can you it imagine? Was so intense. It was just so intense. And then um 
Because she's Richie going so slow and you're like, oh my God, he's going to show up in the doorway like right when she gets to the doorway. Right. And it's eventually, you know, like Richie shows up to help. And uh, I love how you put Richie in air quotes. Yeah. Well, it's a podcast. <laughs> they won't see that. Uh, <laughs> but he, he pulls up and he helps. Like he gets like one good look in. And then <laughs> this is when it gets very sad because um, right in the nick of time, Sam and Dewey show up. Dewey, God rest his soul, is just, uh, well, there's the spoiler right there. Uh, Dewey <laughs> is such a bad shot in every movie, like missing these very, like, someone who should be like, I guess, I guess for some reason I expect cops to be like proper shooters, but. No, yes, they should be. <laughs> it's like a requirement, I'm pretty sure. You know how that goes. Uh, but Dewey, I guess because they weren't shooting at a black person, but um, Dewey uh, <laughs> misses this big ass shot of getting the killer, and uh, but is eventually able to like put him down, and so they get gather Richie, they get uh, Tara, and they get to the elevator, and Dewey goes, "We didn't get him in the head." I gotta go back and shoot. You always have to get away. And and then like Sam's like, fuck that. I knew he was out of bullets, and they made a point to show him changing out his rounds, which I thought was, I was like, okay, look at y'all paying attention. I don't know Mm -hmm. why I have a habit of counting bullets because I don't know how many bullets are in like one of those clips. Um, But it looked like he had a pistol with the six. It looks like he only had six bullets Mm -hmm. in his gun. So I was like, I can keep up with that. And uh, he goes back and he takes too long. Like if you're going back at a screen killer, you just got to roll up, pop and go. You can't take time. You just got to start going. Uh, and of course, Ghostface hops up. Well, the phone, only, like, the, yes, phone the phone rings. The phone rings in the moment when he's about to pull the trigger and it catches him off guard, which I'm like, why? Ignore the phone. You should have phone. that gun up and ready to, you should have just been, I, like, it just seemed like it took too long even before the phone rang. If anything, it did, yes. But if anything, I feel like the, if it were me, I feel like the phone ringing would have jump-started me pulling the trigger as opposed to me yes. halting pulling the It would have scared the <laughs> shit out of me and I would have shot him prematurely. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, bring me, oh shit. I didn't mean to shoot him so fast. <laughs> but you know? not only did he, did, did the ghost face, ghost face like come up and like, get Dewey with the knife, but he double gets him with two knives, one in the front and the back, and then comes up. And as Dewey drops to the ground, Ghostface mm. says, it was an honor. Oh, that was such a eerie, that was such an eerie line. Oh, it's just like, you are, you have been one of the final three each time this has gone down. Mm-hmm. And but I'm did I not call it? I called it, right? You did. You called it. You called it. I was like, damn, I thought it was going to be Courtney. No. I thought they were going to be Gail. I, I, I really didn't because I, I really felt like it was going towards a, like, f- female empowerment. Okay. You know. Well, yeah, we don't want to fridge Gail to make Dewey like, I gotta go and avenge Gail. That's overdone. Right. Okay. But yeah, it was sad. It was really sad. I, I teared up. I was like, Dewey. 
you know. I think I had already made peace with it, so it didn't like <laughs> you're like I said my goodbyes before I even walked in this bit. <laughs> right. Yes. I was already prepared to say goodbye to Dewey. I and really Dewey's just never him. been my favorite character, honestly. I like Dewey. I've always liked Gail. Of course, I've always liked Sydney. I love Kirby and I still don't forgive that bullshit. But yeah. You know? Yeah. Really disappointed they didn't bring Kirby back, honestly. I really think that there was a really great missed opportunity uh, that Wes probably wanted to. He even tweeted about it. Um, you know, he tweeted at one point that he, that, uh, you know, in Scream 4, you didn't, you, you still saw Kirby moving when they, the camera cut away from her. We never actually see her die. That's the same thing that happens in this film as well. If you recall with one of the twins, which we'll get to. Um, yeah they cut away while he's still moving. We never see him die and he's still alive by the end. Um, so I'm like, they could, and they could still bring Kirby back, I think, but I think this would have been a great opportunity to do so. They Maybe they couldn't snatch up Hayden. Yeah, I think we're still dealing with so much COVID stuff and, and yeah, I don't know where this was um, filmed, but I think just between too much, there was a lot of, stuff going on so I don't think scheduling you know people's schedules are just weird and then having to get somewhere in quarantine for so long before they can even get to work Mm -hmm. I know that COVID just made everything so hard especially when like I feel like nostalgia really got its kick in the pants when we're all locked in the house so we're wanting to get all this nostalgia stuff pushed out but it's just hard to schedule because of (laughs) what's causing us all to be in the house I think the scene that really hit me in the heart, like, I mean, yeah, it was rough seeing Dewey get uh, shish kebobbed or whatever, but like, it was, it was just as hard seeing uh, Gail's reaction whenever she comes up, they show them like pulling his body out, like in a body bag. So I'm like, how does she know that's him? And she's like, it's like slow-mo, she's crying, like she's, she knows it, it's him somehow and it's just really pitiful Keenan I know that you want to say it I know that you want to <laughs> you made a okay. really great point while we were watching this and I'm like we're yes you're the- absolutely right <laughs> we're in the theater and I go where are they taking the body they're already in the hospital like traditionally the morgue is in the hospital right yeah, it's usually in the basement yeah and I was like well maybe they're just putting him in the ambulance to roll like drive him around to the other side <laughs> of the, the other building side. I was <laughs> like well, why are they moving the body? <laughs> I guess like do okay, so I'm just okay, so maybe that's the thing. The corner, maybe their corner is at the police station. Is that a thing sometimes? I maybe, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, feel I think like, it can go either way, maybe. Yeah, I I just feel like I like the autopsies are done. The autopsies are done in the uh, Yeah. Because it's medical. More and like every show it seems like they put a morgue in a hospital. Like it's a, like he said, in the basement of the hospital. So it, it just like freaked me out. Uh, Sam and Richie and Tara are off to leave town and not have to deal with what's going on. And then poor Tara finds that she doesn't have her inhaler. And it's something that's set up earlier in the movie. Like she yes. needs her inhaler. Blah, blah, they blah. made a and point to zone in on that inhaler and... And I was, and I real, I was like, okay, there's something's gonna happen in regards to that inhaler. 
but it never happened in the opening scene so I just kind of forgot about it yeah and then there's like another time where her best friend Amber says like she needs her inhaler okay so whenever it was revealed early in the movie that that bitch was like played mama bear to Tara apparently and seemed kind of oddly obsessed with her or like taking care of her or looking out for her I'm like I was sus of her I was I was immediately on my list the way she was like she basically gave that like well I'm her best friend energy Mm -hmm. she needs me I was like oh mm -mm. number Mm -hmm. one there's she just looks like a killer one of them (laughs) just looks like a killer to me she just had that kind of face and so and so did like uh Richie I'm like he was he was inevitably a suspect <laughs> as the boyfriend, as the love oh, interest. And I also love that Dewey called it out the moment he met. Them. Yes, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, it, well, him. they're both called out as the killer, kill, killers, <laughs> as the killers, like in the movie by other characters, you know, yeah. at some point or another. And I love that because it's like, it really is like, they do a great job all throughout the movie of really keeping you guessing it, of it being potentially anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two, I did have my my eyes on pretty, pretty heavily. I think I had sort of in the one scene where Amber pulls out the gun and blows old mascara girl away, like mm-hmm. in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> like that did catch me off guard a little bit because she was she just owned it right she's like yeah you're right i am and then like boom yeah, <laughs> i was, was like, like shit on this. Uh, yeah so it was, she was so then they go to i'm sorry yeah. sorry no i was just saying she definitely gave played that like i don't give a shit <laughs> role <laughs> no she was okay so i do have to say this okay we'll i'll wait until we get to that part to that reveal or whatever but like um so then we go, then they go to Amber's house where they're having a party. The inevitable party scene happens, yeah. And I was really suspicious of, it just seemed really odd to me that Amber was the one Holding that party. the party, right? Yeah, that was yes. weird to me. I was like, why is Amber having a party? And so she was setting it up, yes. Yeah, it was thought. in retrospect, it's like, okay, that was all the setup or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. whole, the the inhaler going missing i'm saying it in quotes um (laughs) like that was all really sus or whatever you know like if you really if you were paying attention to those details um then i feel like it was you know yeah probably on your radar but yeah it was just it just seemed out of character for that character based on what they let us believe about her up to that point it just seemed of all the people to throw a party it just didn't seem like it should have been her right um did you realize the house they were in was no. Stu's house from the original movie I did not realize it until I until they revealed it right yeah yeah because I was like wait when they looked at the location I was like am I supposed to remember that location then at first I was like, oh, is this where the barn was? Wasn't there like a barn in the, the first movie? Mm, it was a it was a garage attached to the house in the first movie. It was oh, a where really was, big garage. Wherever that first party was. Wherever, no. Wasn't there a party and a barn in one of the movies? That was in Scream 4. Okay. I thought it, I was like, did they turn that into a house? Because it mm-hmm. seemed like the only thing that was so secluded, unless it was Sydney's house. Because I feel like Sydney's house was in Way the Fuck. But I didn't. I did not realize it was Stu's house. 
Yeah, it was Stu's house and it was, was a, a really cool. It was a fun reel. And you know, it's it it was like revealing an, a third killer in a way, if you think about it, because the way they did it, and it was just like the the really dramatic, suspenseful, you know, mm-hmm. classic scream, like music is playing in the background as they do it, and they kind of the way that they uh pan out, it's at an angle. And they pan out from Sam standing in the doorway all the way through outside of the house. It's just very, it was very classic, right? Yes, very classic horror. Yeah, it was. uh, I was like, this is like an old Hitchcock thing. But the the (laughs) way the the thing that I thought about when she realizes it's Stu's house was like that scene. Have you ever seen the Thriller music video? Like she realizes everyone's zombies, and it's like, and the camera just like weirdly pushes up on her and then she's just like like oh shit that's where my brain went when she was yeah. like oh god this is the uh this is that house it just kind of sends a chill down your spine yes. yes and so like um insanity ensues in this party you know people start getting got <laughs> the twins are attacked and i guess i just wrote them off i was like oh you really did <laughs> it was, was so like, funny I was like, wait, we never saw the twins die, right? Like, we never saw what happened there. And, like, you're like, oh, they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Gone. You you didn't even, like, give them a chance. Well, the movie was just so meta. And uh, I don't remember her character's name, but Young Ty was essentially, (laughs) like, calling everyone's death. The entire time was like, well, he's dead. (laughs) Oh, she Mm. went, oh, she's dead. Like young Ty, and but then I was like, no, Keenan. Remember, they never show him dying. He's still moving, so I think he he's still alive. And then I don't remember seeing old like his sister die either. I just saw her get stabbed once, and then um, and then kind of faded down. But I thought he went. Well, I thought one of the Ghostface like stabbed a couple of times before they left that scene, but I guess not. Um, But I love that they redid. So they have. Um, young Ty's character almost dressed similarly to Randy in the first movie as she's watching the stab scene that is the scene of him explaining everything in the first movie and then it goes to the scene where he's watching a movie yelling look behind you and then like Ghostface is coming up behind her and she's doing it like she's mirroring the whole thing like why it's like it's that Russian doll effect I think where it's like a, a doll within a like or a box yeah. within a box well, within a box, it, well, or a doll inside like of a doll inside of a doll being as meta as it always is and yes. it's just so fun but she looked behind her <laughs> and saw ghost face and got a couple of licks in there are, people are getting some good kicks in on these last few movies oh yeah yeah um, well okay so the film is so meta that it almost is predictable in a lot of mm-hmm. parts and ways uh, and that does kind of get on your nerves a little bit, or at least mine. I'm just like, okay, like <laughs> we know, but can there be some originality? You know, like, and I do think there was. They, but they really they squeeze out the rag to get all the meta out. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, and and you know, but I do think that this movie also had, um, like, that was part of the, the I think all along part of the jokes like the meta-ness and and fandom and and mm-hmm. all that stuff like i think all of it was part of the message like it's still intentional mm-hmm. 
Um, Which makes it really smart. It's like the thing where it's like, what you're in on the joke, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh my stars. So I love when Sydney busts into the house, right? Like everyone's kind of scattered. Ghost faces started getting at people. Sydney. Oh no, no. Let's back up to the okay. the point where she and Gail arrived at the house and they're outside and old Amber comes. At this point, it's already revealed, right, that Amber is the killer. Yes, yes. And she she has like what appears to be a wound, but it's it's just blood or whatever uh, on her shirt, and she's holding herself into the abdomen, and she's crying and screaming. Which to me, it's like that's so inauthentic. I don't know if, if that actress intentionally like performed it that way, but I could see right through it. It didn't feel yes. authentic to me at no. all. Her full direction was okay. Give us white girl tears, and that's yes, what, and that's what she came <laughs> out with. And, <laughs> and so like Gail, Gail and Cindy were like, like they look at each other like, what, like, what do you think? Like Cindy says to Gail, what do you think? And like, and Gail's like, no, there's no way. Like, he was like a trap. <laughs> and so then they go to like, I want to say maybe point the gun at her, but before they can, she pulls out the gun, Amber does, and shoots Gail right in the gut. I'm like, Get damn it. Gail! She got Gail, and then she runs back inside. Gail got got. <laughs> yes, yes. And so Sydney goes in, and she yells like, "You know, come out! Whether you're the killer or not, come out!" I'm shooting. I love. It. Oh my god! She went through this house. She went through this house, literally, sh like shooting, shooting into closet into closet doors. The door in. Also, sidebar: How many fucking closets does this house have? There were so many houses closets. Have so many doors. All these houses have so many doors in them. So many places for a murderer to just hop out. At she and was so shooting through them like, like nobody's shooting business. the doors, probably like shooting down. So she knows she's at least like shooting the leg. Mm -hmm. But she's shooting into all the doors, and then she gets <laughs> Richie <laughs> right in the leg. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, why I are you think... in here? Why are you hiding in there? <laughs> I don't think they circle back to that leg wound at all. No, he didn't even act like he was shot. Like, which is also my hangup with a lot of the, all the characters when they are injured. Have you noticed, like, by the end, like all the characters have like mortal wounds, but they all suddenly magically are okay by the end. They're not like I'm like Courtney, except for Dewey. Dewey was the only one that had a limp. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, so is it just the dudes that like? <laughs> <laughs> carry like have to carry like long-term issues with it because the chicks are like they're getting gutted they're getting shot in the guts like and then by the end when they're sitting in the ambulance it's like they're just chatting like it's tea oh, time oh, luckily it was just to the side of flesh <laughs> like bitch you just, were bleeding eternally miss the artery i guess but it's hey yeah rock and roll um they're like we got this. So eventually, oh, there's this really great scene because they, they do this job of trying to make not only Sam, but the audience think that maybe Tara is one of the killers. Mm -hmm. And so they there's a scene where Sam goes to get Tara, finds her in a closet tied up, and she starts to untie her, and then she stops. 
mm-hmm. and the camera pans out and then we leave them to the next scene because previously in a scene previously Richie tells Sam that he thinks Tara could be the killer and so it's set up he's he's trying to set it up to where it would cast out yeah you know on I her feel like and by that point were there at least two attacks where they're like where were you because there was the one in the hospital where they came after sam and then he just comes running from the other room like what's going on mm-hmm. and uh i can't remember when the other one was but i feel like He'd been like sus in her eyes after two attacks. Well, if you so if you keep like in mind, he was plane. like he they were separated or not together. Richie and Sam were not together when the killer shows up at the hospital to kill Tara. So before that, which was probably when Sheriff Judy gets get stabbed and she and her son get killed um that was that was richie i think that was yeah i think it was richie too it had to have been because she he pushed it was uh, i mean i guess if you look at this way like some of these kills require so much strength of like it's like the killer pulling out the knife and like pushing in with both hands and then the other characters pushing out trying not to get stabbed but i'm like you have to really like Does anyone in woodsboro have a steel external door because this is not like well no jill's mom they got her through the mail slot but it seems yeah. like these doors like knives are going into these doors all, all the time every movie <laughs> someone gets like is able to trip ghost face at the front door and the knife gets stuck in the door and he has to pull it out before they follow the person upstairs. And I'm like, why are none of these doors steel? I thought that was like... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's a common thing like for houses. Every place house I've ever lived, the external door was steel. Really? Yes. I don't. Think I feel I've like that's more of like... Frame is that more of like a an apartment thing though? Versus like know. a house thing? We sold... I worked at Home Depot for three years. I sold, you know wood like metal frame doors i don't remember there being wooden like exterior doors i don't know i feel like i see it more often in houses like wooden doors than i do still doors but but i'm like that is funny because i just i'm like this 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 whole franchise should be a fucking commercial for a steel exterior door so funny what if like what if whenever this starts airing on cable like home depot starts advertising commercial breaks like for still doors like don't be a victim by ghostface it's your steel door today oh my gosh yeah <laughs> oh so this is the scene where it's like revealed uh that um Richie and Amber are both the keel keeler. Why do I keep wanting <laughs> to say keelers? The keelers. Ah! God, the what is this? What's They're the happening? murderers. They're the murderers. Murderers. Like, <laughs> like this is such a long scene. Like this whole sequence is so long, right? And I mean, I guess it has to be because 
first of all, it's paying homage to the original and that original mm-hmm, scene was mm-hmm. really long and drawn out too. Um, but I have to say, Amber, that actress does such a good job of playing crazy fangirl. Mm-hmm. Like, like she, I think, embodies Stu. It's like Stu possesses her is what it feels like when I'm watching her because she is wild. Like she's intense and super yeah. unpredictable. I'm just, I was just, I'm just, I was just following orders and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I, I was, I'm what did she, like her line was like, I was uh, radicalized. I was radicalized. They met on a subreddit thread. <laughs> I love and the specificity of that. Which is interesting because they, you know, like when Scream 2 came out, like you could just, like the web could be very vague and they could talk about vague chat rooms and things of that nature. Oh, it would have been AOL at that point. Well, so like they met um, Miss Loomis, not Aunt Jackie, uh, Mama Loomis or Debbie Salt, the reporter, met um, Timothy Oliphant's character. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Uh, but met him on the, I think they just said on the net. And you can be very general about that back in, back mm-hmm. in what, 99? Mm-hmm. And it was like, and then like, you're like, okay, I could accept that. This go round, they had to be very specific. Because they even mentioned 4chan um, earlier whenever Young Ty is giving her rant about um, fandom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're like calling specific shit out that we know crazy shit happens on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, movies. Yeah, and they they put up a like our our legacy characters and our new generation. They are they put up quite a fight between all of them, but there is a point where it does feel very bleak like it because Mm -hmm. it's like there's two of the killers they're not injured they are level 10 crazy and all of our characters are injured whether shot or stabbed at that point so their ability to overcome the the murderers um are it, it just feels very unlikely, but you know, it's kind of happened in some way. It's just a matter of like how, you know, and yeah. it's really fun because the kill- the killers do this thing where they get a little overconfident and they get a little too like excited about their plan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they drop their guard. It's There's monologuing. a That's yes, typical yes. villain monologuing. Yeah. I do love that moment though, where, um, Amber is like on top of Courtney Cox, uh, on top of Gail, trying to stab her, mm-hmm. and um, and she's talking about how much fun it was to kill Dewey and how he 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 really was a pussy. He died like a pussy or something, and he um, um, she's like, oh, what's the, there's a line there where she says. I can't believe I get to do both of you. I was like, oh, that's so wild. And so, and she's like, it's my turn to wear the crown. And then, and then Gail, what is it that Gail says? She says, it's yours, bitch, or something like that. And she headbutts the fuck out of her. (laughs) Oh, that headbutt was so good. Um, When I tell you, I almost got an instant migraine just watching that. (laughs) 
Gail is so hardcore. I love her so much. And they're when they finally get Amber. Yeah, it's that oh, funny. It's so, so it's such good. a great funny moment between she and Cindy, where like Cindy goes and hands her the gun and she's like, Do you want to do the honors? <laughs> and Gail's like, Yeah. And she like shoots her. She says something before she shoots her or something. Yeah. Well, I think I think Cindy grabs the gun. No, Gail grabs the gun and hands it to Sydney and she's like, No, it's yours, or this is yours, or something like that. Yeah. But they get up shoot the girl she like multiple back. times yes she stumbles back turns on the gas stove she had uh, already turned it on at that was point it already on yeah i was like are they gonna shoot a pipe and blow the shit that's up? what <laughs> i was wondering yeah <laughs> but they just shot her then she turned around and like balls <laughs> face first onto the <laughs> this is the thing though this is the thing that's so funny i mean i even said it while we were watching it right like that she they shoot her multiple times and it looks as though she's fall she's felt Falling over like dead, like face first onto the stove, but she comes back to life when she catches on fire. It's such a funny like visualization because mm-hmm. like it's like her body just is revitalized by the fire. She's like, ah! I guess you're and like, like out, and then the flames. You're in so much pain that it brings brought her out of whatever. I she guess was so. In. She forgot she was had multiple gunshots. <laughs> like it's just, it was wild. It was fun though, and then you you have old Richie um, come in, or it cuts to Sam and Richie. Where are they at in the fight? Like, is it? Are they like kind of going around the house just fighting? I'm trying to remember what I can't remember on. where they're at, but I do realize it cuts to them and they're fighting. She's already been stabbed by him at that point. Um, and she she manages to overcome him somehow. Like she she knocks him to the oh no, he's about to he's about to stab her and she's crawling on the floor, and then she sees the reflection of like her dad, Billy Loomis. And I'm like, so wild to me that she's still seeing it. <laughs> like it's dead. Well, she hasn't image. Been taking those antipsychotics or or like they Which means she working. shouldn't be seeing hallucinations, okay? <laughs> no, well, she wasn't taking them. You saw oh, her take her medicine she's... at the top of the movie, but I think there was a line about antipsychotics not working anymore mm. at some point towards the top because she was seeing him. And mm. I don't I can't remember who that conversation was with. Or even if it was just a conversation with her dad and her head. I think it was like, he, like you can't fight who you are, like what, you know, what's inside yeah. of you, blah, 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 whatever. And so basically there's like, but there's a knife that somehow has gotten, I think it That's was a knife. knife. that he dropped when they fell off. Oh, they were fighting to the point where they fell off the stairs. And so oh, right. The yeah. Ground, the knife slid across the, so yeah, what, they fucking what fell happened? right off the landing onto, I'm like, God. You know, a reg, a, like a, in real life, someone would have broke something. Something. They were crawling <laughs> to that knife. Uh huh. She's crawling uh, to the knife, and he's over her, standing over her, and he's doing that thing that killers do, where they're like, ah, "I'm gonna, I'm, this is how I'm gonna kill you. Well, it's gonna be so easy." Blah blah blah. And she's like, "Okay." And then he turns her over to stab her um, from the front, and mm-hmm. at that point, she had already grabbed the knife, and you don't see it. But she says, what is it? She says, I, I have w- learned one thing or there's one thing you haven't 
realize or something like that and and she says don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer and then she she literally stabs him right through the face like in the side of the jaw from jaw to jaw it was it was it was a treat to watch. It was intense as fuck, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, she has him on the floor, and she's standing over him, and and then he's like, she starts stabbing him very aggressively. Like, it's like what you were talking about earlier. She's stabbing him very quickly, like very quickly, very aggressively, and and then she pauses for. <laughs> second and he says he's gurgling up blood and he's like he's like but my ending or something like that and she and what is that that line she says Keenan that is just so great it's (laughs) like she says here it comes I think I think it's here it comes and then she slits his throat Mm -hmm. it's just it made me so happy. <laughs> so in that moment, I'm wondering, okay, is this going to awaken some kind of bloodlust in her? But it oh, didn't yeah. do that thing that most things do when, like, a killer is born where it kind of, like, kind of shows them, like, living and like, the kill. Yeah, like, loving it. Yeah, they didn't give her that. So it's like, maybe it's not, but that may be low-hanging I don't fruit. know. Um, I think that it's it's a it's a direction it's like what you were saying that they they sort of laid it out to where it could go in either so direction many different directions but so many different directions but at I'm the so end excited. of that yeah at the end of that you know you think everyone's dead an old crazy bitch from the kitchen who comes running out like a giant piece of fried chicken like towards everybody screaming with a knife in her hand her face is like half melted off or whatever which I was like, bitch, we saw you consumed in fire. How was only one side of your face like it, melted off? They, they didn't follow the rules. You got to <laughs> get them in the head. Right. And then like she comes running and then all of a sudden there's like a, a gunshot and a bullet goes through her head and you look over, it shows uh, old Tara. Tara. Tara took her out. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't say this earlier, but it turns out Sam did untie Tara. Mm-hmm. And there's this scene at some point when they're sending uh, Killer Amber through the house to find her. Mm-hmm. And Tara just starts wailing on her with her crutches. Right, because she you hear Amber yell, she's not here because she wasn't in the closet where she left her. And that's when Sam reveals, like, and, and like, Sam reveals to Richie, I untied her. I guess you weren't as convincing mm-hmm. after all. Like, then they you call. tried to convince her she was the killer. Yeah, and then they call, and she's like, it's for you. Yeah, I was like, okay, come on. like, <laughs> Which they did. I feel like, because I want to say they did that in four as well. Yes. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, no, no. I think Sydney did it in one, actually. Was it one? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I guess that the, a lot of this movie was really supposed to be a rehash of what happened in one. Mm-hmm. But like, it was basically like a new generation like taking the um right. the yes um and and then basically embodying that story but in a new fresher kind of way yeah which hence requel you know yeah um so and then it ends with you know you see the four final girls standing in the foyer around all the carnage and like as the survivors as the, as the soul survivors 
uh, well, not the sole survivors, because then we we show later that uh, the twins actually survived. They give um, each other a thumbs up. Or, yeah. Or putting wine in the... Yeah, as they pass each other. It was, it was, I was like, oh, okay, well, they didn't die. That's awesome. Because there are there are Randy, so if there are going to be three two other movies, we may lose the twins in the next movie, or at least one of them. Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to go the way of Randy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Randy only got got because he was talking about Billy, and Billy's mom got stab happy. I don't think she planned <laughs> to kill Randy. Um, and that's what she said she was like i got stab happy because yeah. he, he spoke badly of my son mm-hmm. so I was like, well, god and jackie just plays crazy so well so well so i mean well. honestly the casting in all of the screen movies for the most part even three which is not a fan favorite by at in the least and it's not my favorite in the least but the casting of some of the characters that they were casting for the stab movies in that mm-hmm. film like parker posey they were just a treat um, that was great okay. God. so we have talked about the movie you mentioned so i had one thing that i wanted to discuss and then i was like i'll wait until because i have a feeling that this is going to be where the next movie goes you made a you said something in this movie that even reminded me that i had to bring it up because you didn't it was so there was a very small Easter egg um, in the movie. And if you blinked, you would have missed it. And I saw it and I did not read what was on the screen. Um, don't open it yet. Okay. Um, but it's, this is where I think the movie is going the next go round. Go ahead and open it. Okay. I feel like I'm opening a present on Christmas Day. Are you able to open that file? Because I just realized it's one of those weird web ones. Yes, I'm opening now. What? Yeah, so at some point in time, we <gasps> see on Wes's phone, he's in YouTube, and there's a little video that says, interview with Woodsboro survivor Kirby Reed. <gasps> <No>! <laughs> I can't believe you withheld that from me this whole time. <laughs> it's like, I need something. I gotta have it, I gotta have it. How, when did you, how did you see that? How did you catch that? So I, I was looking through a couple of other like recap videos today, just to see, I was like, I want, I'm sure there's something that I didn't catch. There's a lot of copy on screen these days. And I'll, I'll see that there's like, you know, on TV shows now, like they'll either do a weird shot of the screen when someone's texting or they'll do the copy on the side of the screen, like in Sherlock, which Mm -hmm. is what I prefer. I hate trying to look at a screen that's on a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember seeing this and I didn't catch the copy. And then there, there was a reference to it in a video. And I was like, I don't remember this. So I had to, I Googled Kirby Alive screen five and I found this video, the picture. And I was like, I will be holding onto this. And when we talk about, uh, once we get through the movie, I'm going to send it over. Kirby was my favorite. And I'm sure yes. she was a fan favorite. Yes. And Pantier, or however you say her last name, because I constantly fuck Pen- it up. Pantier, yeah. Um, save the cheerleader, save the world, was just such a standout to me when I watched Screen 4. I was like, uh-huh. oh, she's so good. She's owning every scene. And she was on and off my list for a while um, when I was watching the movie. Um, and, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, nope, she's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's probably when I was like, oh, it's Jill. Because it was like, I was like, if it's not Kirby, it's Jill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 
yeah, she's she's by far everyone's like she's a fan favorite uh, for sure from she Scream Four. All the scenery, like every mm-hmm. scene she was in, she was the focal point of that scene. She was mm-hmm. so good. Um, and so now we have a, a an adult Kirby Reed talking about what happened, and that video is dated three years ago um, in the picture. So what is Kirby doing now? Who are the let's let's rewind a little bit and just talk about all the scene stealers from the franchises, right? Like from each movie, because I think there's one in every movie. And I'm gonna I I want to tell you who the ones I think are, and you tell me if you agree or if you see someone else as being more of a scene stealer that's not one of the you know legacy characters. But um, so like in one, I've always thought it was Tatum. Uh, played by Rose McGowan Um, and in two I felt like it was Sarah Michelle and I might be a little biased but I feel like in the very like few scenes that we get or probably just actually two scenes two or three scenes maybe at the most that we get from her I feel like she's she makes a point to be known Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, what about do do you agree or do you think there's someone else in that in the second one that's more of a scene stealer um her roommate was her roommate Hallie oh the friend yeah who was, the friend she who... was her roommate the one that yeah. died in the car scene mm-hmm. to me and it, we got more of her she had more scenes throughout the movie um yeah Sarah owned the scenes that she was in but I only remember her from was she in class she and was in she class was in her death scene yeah yeah and so I'm sure those were her set up for her to be... Do you do realize that they make it look like after the party, like when they see all the cop cars, that this other frat party is like down the road or across the street because mm-hmm. they could see everything going and people were walking over? Mm-hmm. I was like, why did they need her as sober sister if the party was right there? Yeah. Yeah. That... that I got stuck on that. But anyways, um, mm. I do feel like her her friend, her roommate was the scene stealer for season mm, two. Okay. In my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. In uh, third, of course, Parker Posey. Yes. 100%. Parker Posey, hands down. And four, Kirby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one, um, when it wasn't um, Tara, I feel like it was uh, the one... The, the female twin young Ty yeah young Ty who we can't remember her like character name or whatever but like I um, agree yes young Ty was probably my favorite of this mm-hmm. movie um, she very she very much felt like the Kirby in this one because Kirby was kind of also one of those who she was a, a cinemaphile like she yes. was she was Jasmine she, Savoy Brown Mindy Meeks Martin, aka Young Ty. Mm. Oh, Keenan. Watch Yellow Jackets. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> the finale comes on tonight. It's our well, it just showed on my my Showtime app, and I have not had a chance to rewatch episode nine. So I'll probably be doing those after my meeting today. Mm. Um, we gotta talk. We gotta talk when yes. When you uh when you watch it, so good, so good. Oh, wow. I'm so excited that you showed me that. That Okay, that makes me feel so much 
better and I'm mm-hmm. even more excited to see what comes now because I really feel like that's something Wes wanted. Wes Craven I think wanted Kirby to survive. He made a point to say it publicly um, that we never see her die, that we saw her still moving when the camera cut away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he probably would have brought her back in this one. Yeah. You know, I don't know that they would bring her back next time. I think may- if they, it, this may have just been like a, a thing where they they were just trying to honor his memory by, you know, acknowledging in the film in a very offhanded way that she survived uh, without bringing her back. But I don't know. I think that would be a great, like, addition, like a great little surprise for, and honestly, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about this. I feel like that was just so small that it really wasn't seen. So if you- um... My God, are we breaking news right now? (laughs) missed it yeah I'm like I feel like if you missed it you missed it you know like and it's just one of those things and and then I'm sure people will hear about it rewatch the movie and go fuck um mm-hmm. let me see I'm just kind of doing oh also it was Rory Culkin in that movie not Kieran oh wait are there more than two I think there's multiple I think there's several I feel like it was a cloning experiment gone wrong or well depending on how you feel about it about the Culkin <laughs> because they all look experiment. alike they look so much alike um, it's like the, the Baldwin Culkin genes are strong oh my god the Baldwin genes the are Baldwins strong. the Culkin something is off there people we need to be looking into that <laughs> I'm uh, just running through a screen rant article really quickly to see um so it says, yeah, Kirby survival um, confirmed in 2022 Easter egg. Love that. But I'm just looking because I want someone to say, oh, Hayden, you know, sometimes they're like, they wanted her for this movie, but she couldn't come back because of scheduling conflicts or whatever. Well, I think Hayden in real life is having some struggles right now like in the past four four or five years she's really been having some struggles in her personal life between um like uh her divorce and like estrangement from her child apparently and i think maybe some substance abuse issues like it's yeah it's really heartbreaking um she's just such a great actress she's such a great actress and she is again one of those actresses where anything she watches I'm like I'm lasered and I want to see like I love seeing her on camera she demands um the, the screen I really hope things work out for her then things work out the where she can return in the next one because you know there's going to be a next one I mean there's oh yeah they're not gonna look inevitable go. I think I think the, that was the whole point you know, of this movie is to be like, oh, we're about to do it again. Are you ready? Right. I would say within the next three to five years, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I, I I do love that because so much of the conversation in this movie made it feel like they were going to <laughs> really not canonize for because of the way, just the way they kind of talked about how like, they make all these movies and then they wait a while and they make another one and it's not great. A la Scream, like, I'm not Scream, but um, Halloween. They specifically reference Halloween. Mm-hmm. And um, that the, I guess there was one that they just were like, oh, that didn't happen. H2O, right? Yeah. H2O, they're like, you know what? No, it shouldn't have. They totally it erased H2O. They actually, it was actually several. It was like all the ones between Halloween 
three up through H up through resurrection with Busta Rhymes. Right, because she died in the second one, right? She died in resurrection. Wait, didn't didn't um Laurie Strode die in one of the original? No, she died in resurrection. She died in the Busta Rhymes where they're in the like Michael's house and they're filming a reality docuseries or something like that. She, she at the very top of that movie, she, th- she is thrown off of a roof. Cause Jamie Lee Curtis has talked about it multiple times. That's the only way that she would come back for that movie was if she died at the beginning of no, it. It says Lori was first killed off screen between Halloween two and four in a crash. I wonder if it's one of the ones where oh i wonder if it's the one with the niece with the okay that's right yes that's totally right because she because the niece is an orphan Mm. so but yeah also did you realize that the guy that got ran over that was kind of stalking their friend he was somehow related to Stu, Stu's sister's son okay i couldn't i didn't catch that i i knew there was some relation but i didn't I didn't catch how because they said it so quickly. Yeah. So now we know that we have Stu's sister is out there. She just lost her kid. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's dead. Um, so we have that tied to the original. Do you know who that actor was? Did you recognize him? <clears throat> he played Beaver and Veronica Mars. Really? That was Beaver? Oh my god, mm-hmm. it sure was. Beaver yeah. was so adorable. Yeah. Until he was revealed to be a rapist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Oh, he that's also a... Bart Allen in Smallville. Oh, yes, yes. That was the other place I've recently wow. seen him. Okay. On my small little rewatch. Yeah. So there's that, um, which is something we talked about in the predictions video when you're like, it could always go back to the beginning, which technically mm-hmm. it did because... Yeah, it did yeah. a lot, <laughs> actually. Because so. they were all... All of the victims were... Weren't, weren't they all essentially um related somehow to to the originals yeah yeah except for Wes so like we didn't even really expect Wes to get got so soon because Wes is Judy's kid and Judy didn't come around until what three, right three, no four four but also what about eyeliner girl the other friend with the like reddish hair who got do you know anything shot in the head i feel like they didn't give us much about her but what was her relation i think she may have just been a friend maybe she had nothing to do with the regular stuff it was Mm. wrong place wrong time Mm. like so many of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well now and everything was going left when she was telling everyone to leave the party so i'm dying though keenan how does this this movie and the franchise stack up for you if you were to rank them I'm so bad at ranking movies you know i really like scream 2 and i've recently learned that it's not one of people's favorites like scream scream 2 is not love um it's love more than three i don't know i would probably right now have to say five two one and then i would need to rewatch three to know where it falls no maybe five four two 
and then I need to rewatch three to figure out where it lands for me. Because I really do love Tatum. Tatum's probably mm-hmm. my favorite part of the first. Yeah, I'm surprised that one doesn't fall higher on your on your list. I'm very interested to know, like, they didn't talk about any other siblings. Like, do they have any more? Are there any more Riley family members? Like, did they have a cousin that lives in Woodsboro? Wait, remind me, Riley. Riley, that's uh, Dewey and and uh, Tatum's last name. All right. Do they have any more family that could like snap or, you know, I do eventually would like it just to be someone who maybe watched the movies and became fascinated with Woodsboro. And that's what I liked about this this one because that's what the the case was with this one it was like they were obsessed psycho fans who got together and plotted out this twisted fantasy they their their whole thing was they thought the franchise was going down the drain and so they wanted to bring it back from the beginning so they wanted to redo they wanted to remake the movie and make it more Mm, like the original yeah. yeah um and then i think and four, it was like, I just want the same fame that Sydney has. So I got to be the final girl. Because um, Rory, Rory's character loved all the stab movies. I think he was just like obsessed with uh-huh. um, whatever Emma Roberts character. Jill. Jill. Yeah. Um, I I think for me... I always have to roll with one first because it's the OG. It's a classic for its time. It was a standout. Um, And it's just very nostalgic to watch that. So Mm -hmm. I would say probably one, five, four, two. Three is not even on my list. (laughs) Not even going to give three. Like... (laughs) a place on my list um and it's not on most people's list honestly i really just remember loving that scene with parker posey and the cigarette and she was like i'm not even supposed to smoke anymore yeah and then freaking old dude from um emperor's new groove and um seinfeld and you don't know his name patrick warburton is that his name Patrick Warburton, look at me remembering someone's name. It's so funny. I feel like we always re- like recall opposite things of the other one. <laughs> so like, you don't. I'm like, you don't watch Family Guy. There's a shoot. Did you ever watch Everyone Loves Raymond? Yes. He was Raymond. No, no, he was not Raymond's brother. I always confuse those two mm-hmm. people. Um, shit. He's one of those people. He's a working actor. I feel like if you saw his face, you'd be like, I'm oh, sure the name does sound familiar, but I just can't um, place a face. And he has a very distinct voice, and so he's done a lot of voiceover work too. Um, but Patrick Warburton played her bodyguard, um, Parker Posey's character's bodyguard in mm. Screen Three. So, like, wasn't he a little bit of a comic relief? Probably. Probably. I would not be surprised. Oh, he did voiceovers in Kim Possible? What? 
Kim Possible. I love when you just like start realizing that certain people. Did you ever watch The Tick? No. No? Okay. Anyways, he's he's funny and he's one of those people if you hear his voice, you're like, oh, that guy. Anyways, yes. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he's funny. He plays it was David Putty on Seinfeld. I could not remember his character's name. Oh, wow. Okay, so that was a lot. We did a lot of talking. We talked about so many things. I hope you all kept up with us. Um, it was I will say that I loved the movie. It was a good time. I loved the jump scares. Mm-hmm. I loved the like all the teases in the kitchen scene with Wes. Um, wait, wasn't that his name? Judy's son? Yes. Oh, I'm sure that had to have been an Easter egg for Wes, right? Yes, I believe it was. Um, that's sweet. I'm mad I just thought about that. <laughs> I thought about it. I realized it in the film while we were watching. Um, I actually forgot that Wes Craven died, to be completely honest. Full disclosure, um, I completely forgot. So that, At like, what point did end, you recall it? At the end, when the movie said <laughs> for Wes, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, he did pass. Um, so. Yeah, yeah I, I think, and as far as ranking goes, I think if you're talking about intensity and genuine scare, scariness, I would say five is at the top for sure, because I feel like this, there were moments where I was genuinely scared for these characters. And I like even would sort of like pull my shirt up (laughs) to my face. I don't know what that was going to do, but I was, I feel like I needed to cover up somehow because I was, I was really scared for Tara above all because Mm -hmm. they put her character through so much. It's like Sydney level trauma. <laughs> right. Okay, so that her first, character goes through. I, I was just very curious. I looked at the screen count on the different movies. I'm on the, the screen wiki. So there were eight kills total in Scream One. Scream Two had ten. Three had ten. Four had fourteen. Oh wow! I'm just looking to see if um, Aiden's character was on. Mm. Oh my god, what was the character's name again? <laughs> wow. Oh my god, Keenan. Kirby. <laughs> you literally just talked about I know so much how about much how I loved favorite. her. Right? Oh, and they don't Apparently have now enough to remember her name. <laughs> they don't have a count they don't have a count up for the new movie yet. Um mm-hmm. it would be nice if they just gave us a number. Um, but fourteen in spring four. Do we think that the kill count was that high? I don't think it was that high in five. It has to be someplace that just has the number. I'm not sure you're going to find it anywhere. No, probably not. It's too soon. And also, sidebar, I'm fading. (laughs) As we speak. I I think we're actually circling the drain now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, everyone, you can... Oh, we did have a uh, TikTok comment. So, Jonah, will you read us that? Well, I was going to pass it up because um, I meant to share this earlier when we were live on instagram um before we got into spoilers because it's almost at a, i almost feel like it's teasing this person at at this point <laughs> but like piano playing god on tiktok we had asked about what other people's theories were um and 
piano playing God on TikTok says, I think one of the killers will be Stu because it never said he died. He was just electrocuted. Unfortunately, piano playing God, it was not Stu. <laughs> Stu was very much dead at the end of one. A TV fell on his face. So I, I think that for excitement's sake, that would have been really interesting and cool, especially if he come out with like a disfigured face and that would have, you know, that would have given us a whole different kind of or had so much mask. plastic surgery that it was another actor <laughs> oh my god that would have been so over the top but very scream very scream like to do that yes. um, um but i i do feel like there there could be something that goes back to Stu's story whether or not it mm-hmm. is actually him you know did they yeah. did they announce whether this will be a new trilogy or no i i think it's expected that this is revitalizing the franchise okay um, they they kind of talk about it when they lay out the whole requel okay well who knows then maybe maybe we'll get some more uh screen movies and we'll figure out what's going on with Stu's character because his sister son was murdered by Ghostface in this uh movie yeah um so who knows? maybe Stu has another kid floating around that'd be wild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, if you have, meantime, oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> Tag if, you have, um, if you have any other thoughts on the movie and we're speaking to you from the past, it'll be like the second week of February by the time you hear this. Um, so I'm, I hope that you will seen it maybe a couple of times and you have some solid theories about what could happen in uh, the next stream movie. So share those thoughts with us. You can find us on Facebook at The Rewind Podcast 1, or you could just search The Rewind Podcast. You can find us on Twitter uh, at The Rewind underscore pod. You can catch us on Instagram at The Rewind Podcast. We did a little live video before we started this episode. We're going to be playing a little bit more with lives on Instagram and Facebook. So, you know, stay tuned for those. Turn on your notifications. And you can also follow us on TikTok at the Rewind Pod One. Again, make sure those notifications are on so that you will be notified when you hear from us. Jonah, um, why don't you t- tell them how? Wow, how they can email us or leave us a little message. Already on it. Uh, shoot us an email at the Rewind Podcast One at gmail.com. Uh, you could also leave us a voice message um, or rewind previous episodes of the podcast at anchor.fm slash rewind dash podcast. Also, if you are a listener, even if you just listen the one time or if you've been listening from the beginning or just discovered us, we would really appreciate it if you rate, review, and subscribe. Um, but if you already subscribe, please write and review the podcast because that really kind of helps, um, you know, amplify us a little bit and, and kind of get us on more people's radar. So uh, we would really appreciate that support. Please, please help us get to more people and uh, maybe we'll hear from other people and just do uh, more feedback episodes like we did a couple of episodes ago. You can find me on Twitter at the KT Walker or on Instagram with, uh, <laughs> well, or on Instagram at Keeks with a camera, K-E-E-K-S with a camera, all one word. Um, I am doing photography. I just did a little video where I made some soup. So 
I don't know. I'm just finding other fun ways to communicate with people. And I have another video project coming up soon. So stay tuned, Jonah. Uh, You're going to hit me up with uh, like at Quirky Writer Guy on Twitter and on Instagram at JS Taylor Writes and uh, on TikTok. I would love more TikTok followers because that's where I have the most fun at. Um, and that's at JS Taylor Writes as well. So connect with us, please. Yeah. Also, remember to be kind. And please rewind. Goodbye. Bye. Just be kind and listen to the rewind.